On this episode of Documental, I'm speaking with Rob W. James, a personal trainer. Rob, thanks so much for coming on. No problem at all. Thanks for having me. So let's talk a little bit about the main principles of fitness. What do you have to share with us on that? So what people tend to ignore is many of these main principles, or they don't um, apply enough attention to them. Um, and I would say those principles are the amount of calories that you expend and the amount of calories you consume. That's going to dictate a lot of your results, whether that's a muscle building goal or a fat loss goal. Um, and also focusing on um, the quality of their training in terms of both the um, quality of the reps they're doing rather than just always trying to lift more weight um, and actually documenting and tracking what they're doing in the gym, not just turning up and just picking up any weight and uh, I'll rep that 12 times. What weight was that? Did I do that last time? Did I do 12 reps? Did I do three sets of four? You know, you need to track all this stuff. You need to know these numbers. You need to go into the gym with a plan. Um, so yeah, I'd say that progress, that's called progressive overload, by the way. So when you um, are making sure that over time, you are progressively getting stronger, and that doesn't necessarily mean more weight. It could be one more rep than the last time. So progressive overload and paying attention to your calories um, and quality of your training, like your reps. Those are the main principles that many people ignore. Okay, so from a bird's eye view, if we really want to focus on fitness, we have to really focus on uh, the form of these reps, right? The quality you're saying yeah. and not going as fast as you should. I mean, can you just elaborate on the form part? Because I, I think readers would be, our listeners would be interested in that. Yeah. So, um, I, I'm a good example of someone who did the wrong thing, um, at the start. And I think many people did, um, get so hung up on how much can I bench press? How much can I deadlift? Um, and when I was deadlifting, I, I was really like, concerned about the one rep max um, and wanting to be able to lift as much as possible and I would go into the gym and try to lift another one rep max every week and make sure it was a little bit more than the last time and in the first sort of six months maybe to a year of training you can keep doing that if you're lucky I was kind of lucky at that time it comes to a point where this big these beginner gains they slow down um, and eventually there's just a recipe for injury. Um, and what actually got me to progress again was to um, stop trying to do that and just to use a lighter weight and go for sets of like eight reps. And then the next week, try and do a ninth rep with that same weight, you know, and just uh, periodizing like that. And then eventually working um, to a heavier weight, but five reps and trying to add a sixth rep um, and really focusing on the, on the form of those exercises as well. So when I was um, trying to lift heavier every week, um, I didn't really pay that much attention to form. And that's where you get injuries. And the same on bench press. I actually have messed up my shoulder and my elbow. And now I have to um, train carefully and go light on certain exercises and avoid certain exercises because of the damage I did when I was just grinding out reps. Because when you're going for the max weight, shoulders come in, elbows go out, and it goes like this. Um, and you you know you're doing some damage yeah the um the whole like gym atmosphere can be pretty intense and it makes people want to just pump out as much as they can you just just like go crazy with this energy level but when it comes to form and quality you really have to be kind of in a meditative zen-like state where you're focusing on the quality it, it that seems like what you're saying here so at what point do people build up their weights 
after they've had perfect form with a certain exercise? How, how do you know when to move up in this progressive overload? Um, I would say that start light with sets of, you know, if you're a beginner, you know, sets of 10 uh, and not too taxing. Um, it's okay to keep progressing as a beginner, you know, doing a set of 11 the next week or, uh, you, you know, you might be able to move a bit faster. You might be able to, as a beginner, um, do a slightly more weight for sets of 10 again the next week. Um, but knowing when to move up really is when you're completing all three, well, however many sets, say it's three sets. If you're completing all three of your sets and all of the reps are looking pretty much identical, you know, you don't want to have reps at the end of your set, which look different. Um, you know, they look noticeably worse. Um, if you, if you're completing your, your reps and you're not sacrificing the form at the end of it, it's time to move up in weight and just move it up the smallest possible increment. Um, don't just add on, you know, 20 pounds or whatever it is, um, because it's, it's, you're not going to get very far. You might be able to lift it, but you might not be able to lift it for very many reps and there'll be poor quality reps. So yeah, I, I just, um, I think people need to go a bit slower, prioritize their, um, their, the health of their joints uh, and the safety. Um, and in the long run, you will make more progress. Um, over two, three years, you will be in a better place. You'll be stronger than you would be trying to go too fast. Those people going too fast may get ahead in the short term, in six to 12 months. But down the line, three years down the line, they're still trying to lift those same weights. So on this thread of incremental gains, I remember a post you did recently on the fads and trends that are coming out lately of 30-day results and everything you need in the next week. You're an advocate for the long game, apparently, and I was wondering if you could just touch upon that, why there's so many distractions out there, and what is the truth behind it all? Um, I think a lot of that is, unfortunately, people trying to make money out of people who don't know any better. So no one really wants the program that's going to put um, 40 pounds on their bench press in the next year. People want the program that's going to put 40 pounds on their bench press in the next six weeks. And that's just not going to happen really for, for pretty much everybody. Um, but that is what sells. People will pay money for that. Um, and there's a lot of lies and uh, deception out there. Um, the industry has a lot of sharks, for want of a better phrase. So in time, if you continue in this form-focused, incremental gain approach, you will see results. You'll have uh, an impressive physique, but the, the key is consistency, right? To keep pushing towards that goal and, and the motivation too. <laughs> you yeah, have yeah. to really be motivated to get there. You've, you've hit on a really key thing there, the consistency. So um, if we're, you're following a plan like the one we've kind of been talking about where you're adding small amounts every week, um, but you go away for three weeks or four weeks and then you come back and you try to um, carry on on that same progression. Um, after three or four weeks, you may not have lost muscle yet, but you will start noticing that your strength will, be, will, have, will have reduced in that amount of time, just a small amount. So you won't be able to carry on exactly where you left off. You kind of have to come back a bit and then and then go back back up um, and if you keep having these breaks and you know missing a lot of workouts or having like these hiatuses from the gym um you won't you will you'll keep taking like three steps back at a time and then you know one forward again um 
it's a good way to stay in the same place. You know, you have to be consistent. Our friend Jerry Teixeira was on the podcast recently, and we were talking about calisthenics. And it makes me think what you just mentioned. In those times where, you know, you don't go to the gym for, say, three weeks or you're on vacation, it might be because people don't have access to a physical gym. They, they think that the gym's not around, that they can't do anything. But um, you've spoken about it on your, on your platform. JT has talked about it. You know, calisthenics are a great way to exercise. So people do have to substitute. They just need to get educated, like you're saying, you know, not fall for fads, just understand what has always worked for humans <laughs> in the world of fitness, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, and uh, Jerry's a great guy and I, I um, speak with him quite a bit. And I really uh, recommend anyone to follow him. I don't know anyone else on, on Twitter who knows more about calisthenics than him. Um, I've already learned a lot from speaking with him. Um, and he makes a good point that um, your body doesn't know if it's lifting weights, if it's lifting its own body weight, you know, um, all it knows is that it's, it's moving against some sort of resistance. Um, that could be free weights or it could be your own body weight. And as long as you can find a way to keep progressing the difficulty of body weight exercises, you could build an amazing physique. Look at gymnasts. He always says this, just look at gymnasts. Um, and look at the kind of physiques they've got. That's all from bodyweight stuff. Um, now, we're not going to get the physique of a gymnast uh, by doing push-ups and only push-ups. Um, it becomes harder the more skilled they get, the different exercises that they do. I don't know that many of them. I'm not somebody who studied calisthenics that much, but um, they are going from an exercise to a more difficult variation to another more difficult variation. And it's the same thing. It's progressive overload over a long period of time. Yeah. Um, and just another point I wanted to make um, is that I'm not saying you can't ever take three weeks off from the gym or longer, but it's just doing that regularly is um, not going to be helpful in the long run. Um, yeah. If you take three weeks off uh, in the summer or whatever, because you don't have access to the gym, that's fine. You know, and enjoy yourself, eat whatever food you want. When you come back, you may have noticed that your strength will have dropped a bit and you've got to work to build up to where you were again. But if you take another three weeks off before you got back to where you were, then you know you're starting to have a problem where you're not going to progress very much further. Let's shift the discussion to fat loss. You have an interesting story, Rob. So could you share with us uh, how you got to where you are and some practical tips for all the listeners? Yeah, sure. So um, <laughs> fat loss. Um, so when I when I first got into fitness, um, well. That's not quite true. Because when I first got into fitness, I was about 12 years old. Um, but then when I was about 15 years old, I, I stopped doing the like push-ups and stuff in my room. Um, and then I didn't really come back to fitness until I was 25. Um, and I didn't pay any attention to my diet at first. Um, and I, I had a little bit more fat than... I, I mean, I'm, I've always been one of those people who's always been quite lean. Um, but when I was about 25, I had a little bit more fat than I had ever had before, which was unusual for me. Um, and while I was getting into the gym, um, my wife, well, she was my, she was my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, she mentioned to me, you know, if you're going to be spending this much time in the gym, maybe you should start thinking about what you eat as well, because that's important. And this, so it seems funny to say it now, but at the time that was like, wow, I hadn't <laughs> thought about this. <laughs> uh, I thought I could kind of get away with what I was doing. And, that, and I think a lot of people do think like that. They think, oh, cause I'm going to the gym, I can get away with whatever I want. Um, and it's not really the case. If you want to lose fat, you can't really out train a bad diet. 
anyway, so I found the paleo diet. Um, and what the paleo diet does is um, reduces or eliminates actually a lot of foods which are high, higher in calories um, by basically saying you cannot eat anything that um, people in the Paleolithic era um, couldn't have found and gathered for themselves or killed and cooked for themselves. So you end up having you know, meat, vegetables, fruit, nuts, and you can't eat um, you know, sweets, chocolate, anything that comes in a box basically that's been processed in any any form so cereals so you're straight away eliminating a load of calories um you know what do you have for breakfast when you can't have cereal okay now you can have eggs that's going to keep you more full um there's plenty of other choices but they're all going to the likely thing will be that they'll be lower in calories and you end up in a calorie deficit and losing fat so i lost fat on the paleo diet um and i didn't really understand why i was losing fat it wasn't until I started to learn about calories and started to reintroduce foods that I was, I thought were bad, um, like rice, pasta, bread. Um, I started to reintroduce those and was still able to lose fat because I was tracking my calories and um, making sure I was always in a deficit. So knowing what number um, of calories to consume or what number you need to stay under to keep losing fat. Um, is a key thing here if you don't want to be cutting out foods um, and if you want to you know enjoy enjoy life and be a bit more flexible the paleo diet makes you really think about all the foods that have been created quote unquote food right uh, in the last you know 100 200 years it's pretty mind-blowing and then you go back to basics in the paleo diet you see how we have evolved to consume certain foods. It's a really interesting approach that um, some re uh, listeners might want to check out. Yeah, um, and I, I don't dislike the paleo diet. I still don't think it's a bad idea. You can't argue with the food choices of somebody following the paleo diet. You can't say that they're not eating a healthy diet because they're prioritizing all the things that are are needed you know protein is is heavily emphasized in the paleo diet um, a variety of um, different um, fruits and vegetables which are going to contain a lot of different the different micronutrients that our bodies need um, I just don't think it needs to be all or nothing um, I believe that there is room for flexibility and balance I believe that um, the core of your diet should be nutritious food um, and you should be able to be a bit flexible to enjoy social occasions and to maybe enjoy a treat on the days where you really fancy it um, without that impacting your progress in the long term. That's, that's kind of what I do now. So I have like 80 to 90% of my diet is nutritious. And then um, I save myself the 10 to 20% of calories for those occasions where I, I want to be a bit more flexible. Right, like a cheat day? Yeah, but then when, you, when you're tracking the numbers and you're making sure that um, – you're still within the boundaries you've set for yourself it doesn't really become a cheat day anymore mm. um if you think about somebody who doesn't follow the numbers and they do call it a cheat day um they could potentially wipe out the progress that they've made on the other six days of the week just on that cheat day because they are consuming everything in one go and there's some kind of weird narrative that says that when you do this what on one day of the week and it's all in one go it somehow doesn't matter or it somehow doesn't count as much 
It's, it actually it does. <laughs> and if you were only in a small calorie deficit on the other six days, and you are in a large calorie surplus on the seventh day, you can erase it, and you could even gain fat over the weeks if you did this every week. Unbelievable. Um, okay, so Rob, to close this interview, could you tell listeners where they can find you online and uh, keep in contact? Yeah, sure. So I, I'm heavily active on Twitter. Um, my handle is Rob W. James. Uh, and I'm on Instagram, which I will be, um, I, have, I have plans to be more active there. Um, I have not as, anywhere near as many followers, but it's um, nothing but fitness is the to handle there. Um, so saying that it, playing on the fact that I like to say how nothing is off limits. So it's nothing barred fitness. And that's uh, the name of my website as well. Nothing You can find me on any of those. We'll include all that information in the uh, description below of this episode. Rob, I want to thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun and very informative. Uh, thank you for having me. It's been, it's been great. Cheers. All right. Take care.